Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this mastermind call slash maybe a podcast. Who knows? Mike Conley, a.k.a. Mr. Stinky Cakes here. Today we have Brian Russell. Uh, Brian is about to share with us how he uh, inherited 40 vending machines and then he turned it into his booming business that he has today. Uh, Brian, are you here? Yeah, I am here. Awesome, man. It's so great to meet you. Um, we've spoken back and forth on Facebook. Justin introduced us. And, and I just want to I just want to jump right in, man. Like, you know, entrepreneurship is such a cool thing. But let's talk a little bit about your background and, 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 and how you how you got where you at. Um, <clears throat> I was born uh, um, down in New Jersey. Um, I was in foster care pretty much my whole life. I was adopted by my social worker at 13 years old. And uh, when I turned 16, I became, they emancipated me. So my whole life's been through kind of the court system. When I was about six, I realized that I was kind of different from everybody else going to school and, and uh, always had court for some reason. So basically around 10, I, I realized I belonged to the state. So when I got emancipated at 16 years old, um, I had a, uh, friend that said they knew my real father. So, um, in 91, I found my dad up in Mount Morris. Um, and I asked to come live with him and I was in 11th grade and, uh, my dad was a hard worker, a factory worker. Um, he was a, uh, functional alcoholic, which he called it. And then my senior year, I came home from school one day and he, uh, moved out and took a job somewhere else and um said there was a month uh, lease left on the house um justin knows uh from mount morris that scott terry was one of my best friends and his family actually took me in and i finished school got married had kids um i tried to keep a relationship with my father because really is the only one i had um fast forward up my dad ended up getting sick and the three kids that he did have um didn't really visit him in the hospital a lot. He ended up having colon cancer and he had a blood disease. And in that time, <clears throat> kind of get choked up a little bit. I kind of, much as I didn't want to uh, be with him, I, I tried to tell myself that it's, I, I'm, I'm stronger than him. I'm going to be there for him. Um, and it ended up working out wonderful. Um, in this 35 days of my dad in the hospital, he did end up passing away. Uh, it was 35 days of, um, almost 40 years packed into everything. I found out everything about my father from his food to the color that he liked, um, to, uh, he was colorblind like me. Um, we walked the same, we talked the same, we even sat in the couch the same. So he ended up passing away and went to the lawyers and the three other kids, um, didn't want me, uh, to participate in what was going to be given out. And I had a letter with a key and the letter was basically went over our 35 days together <clears throat> in a key to open up this garage that was owned by a gentleman that my dad worked with. And when I opened up the key, it was 40 vending machines. My dad did have six of them out in like VFWs and Moose Lodge, they weren't making nothing, maybe 50 bucks a month. He did it as a buddy. You know, I'll give you a, a vending machine as a buddy, fill it up with peanuts and jerky and I'll be at a VFW. Um, and the note said, uh, at the end of my uh, end of the note with him being, being apologized to me and telling me he loved me. And he says, he's sorry that he left me. It said, be who you can be. And I met someone and now it's my wife, which is very successful in the, in the medical field. And she said, let's do this. And we got our seller's permit and I went around and just, uh, vending machines are free to go in your business. You get 10% back, 10 to 15% back. A lot of huge companies don't want the 10% back. Um, I do make them sign a contract and I went around and just started putting the 40 vending machines out. My goal was to buy my wife a, a nice vehicle with this extra money. And that happened. And then um, we ended up going to the bank and, and 
getting a line of credit and slowly just buying routes of vending machines that were out there and auctioning and kept moving forward on four years now. Right now we have 467 vending machines that are all contracted out with eight routes and I have two full-time guys and it's, it's going wonderful. Wow. So that, so my whole mind is like, there's so much that you said there. Like, I, I, just want, <laughs> I just want, I just want to back it up, back it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So, so as you may, as you may know now, cause we've been connected for a while. Like I've been a foster parent for the last 13 years. Like I'm, I'm so big on, on helping foster kids just because um, I feel like I can make an impact there low key, no one, no one kind of thing. And yep. I, I want to commend you for being uh, one of the success stories. First of all, with that, I think that's huge. Um, and I will definitely start <laughs> spreading your story more and more. I'm going to let my, um, my agency know about you too. Um, There's a lot that I, when I grew up and I didn't ever have money to get that uh, candy bar out of that vending machine. And that's sort of what I explained to my dad. I didn't even know that he had vending machines. There are two things I never had growing up was money to buy something, a candy bar out of a vending machine, being a kid. And I never had nice socks. I put a brand new pair of socks on every day. I have boxes of bags of socks at home. It sounds weird, but I told myself there will come a day that I put a brand new pair of socks on every day. And it it has been now for the last eight months. I'm with, I'm with that. Um, I might join you on that, but just because like, I feel like socks disappear and, and I never have a good sock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start a sock business together. So I, I, uh, there's a lot going, there is a sock business right now. That's huge right now. Bombay, I think it's called. See, see, yeah. They give a pair of socks. Like they have great radio ads. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you met your dad, you spent what 30, you said 35 days with him. 35 full days. Yeah, I wasn't ever allowed to go to his house every time when before I lived with him and after because his wife and had three other kids. We always met at a coffee shop, and it was brief. And uh, I tried not to hold anger um, for his, for him leaving me. Um, that was tough. Um, but he didn't – my dad wasn't a uh, – he, he didn't lie. He just looked me straight in the eye and said it didn't work out. And I have a family now, and this is what I have to do. And I accepted that because I knew um, with his lifestyle, I knew my dad wasn't going to live long. He was a very heavy drinker. Um, He did work his butt off, but um, drinking was first in his life, which, you know, partly did take his life. Got it. So my question to you is, so he gave, why, why do you think he chose to give you the key to the vending machines versus one of the other siblings? Um. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, we did have, uh, after everything was said, I, they did try to fight me in court to take them back. And, and um, you know, that luckily the judge, uh, my stepmother, which was, you know, married to my father, did have my back and said that, you know, he did want Brian to have these. I, I don't know. Maybe he felt sorry, sorry, and he wanted to, uh, you know, do something. Um, I truly believe that, you're only sorry when you get caught or it's time for you to go. And I explained that to my dad and, uh, and he, he did agree. Um, because I feel like if my dad wasn't sick, what he would, would he have done this to me now? And I don't know that, you know, he was still alive. Well, I I think what you, what you just said there is a, is a tweetable. You're only sorry when you get caught or before you go, that's deep. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, I don't know, you know, if what he would do if he was alive right now. And like my wife says right now, that doesn't matter. You know, I did bring the letter. Yeah. Well, but that's what I want to get into. I, I, I just want to like, like, so, so now you have these machines. H- had you ever ran a business before that? No, I was a, been a dairy farmer my whole life. I went to school to build rations, um, nutrition work for cattle. And, um, you know, what did help me, um, do this i really do feel is my worth ethic on a dairy farm it's seven days a week you get one day off a month it's 12 15 hours a day and if you want to bring home 800 bucks you got to do 80 hours you want to bring home a thousand you got to do 100 and i truthfully feel i didn't have that agriculture background in my life growing up um 
I wouldn't have this worth ethic that I have to work Saturday and Sunday, or I have to work on, uh, till midnight to get this route done. Vending machines have to be full to make money. I'm get Brian, I'm giving you a slow clap on that. Uh, and I see a lot of head nods and a lot of people smiling right now because one of the things we talk about in the 100 grand plan and the only way the 100 grand plan works and people actually start making money is Lamont's giving the thumbs up is if you do what we call the LBW, which is the long and lonely born work. And, I, and, and I'm so glad you said you said that it's work ethic and it's it's putting in the hours and it's putting in the time. And and, and when you're doing this. Brian, how many people are cheering you on and how many people are there helping you like 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 what what's that process like for you when you was just when you were just starting? Uh a lot of people didn't believe in me and I think it's because and I and I take I, I hope I don't offend anybody, I think because I didn't come from nothing. Um my wife um you know believes in me. She met me and and uh you know the first year of us dating I I farmed and, you know, putting corn and I, she didn't understand. I went to work from three in the morning to get home till midnight. And she, you know, are you really in the tractor and come ride with me? Um, and I'll show you exactly what I'm doing. Um, I, I just truthfully feel that the only way for me to one, uh, keep my honor to the bank and pay my loans, keep my honor to my wife that I can do this is that I have to keep moving forward. Um, even today I'm having people doubt, and I, it's almost like I got to put them in my vehicle and show them my warehouse and then they stop. And my wife says I shouldn't do that. But to me, uh, a handshake and looky in the eye should be enough. And if something, somebody doesn't still believe me, I want to, I want to stop what I'm doing and, and say, let me show you what I'm, what I'm doing. It's tough. No, you, oh, Okay. So another thing you just hit on there, um, one of the things we talk about all the time and one of the things like I always try to get the, the 100 grand planners to understand is the process to success starts with what we call LBI, love yourself, believe in yourself, invest in yourself. And the reason you have to love yourself is just that. And, and I, I love what you said when you said, when you said, I hope you don't offend anyone, uh, you come from nothing. But I think that right there was more inspirational than anything else. Like one of the things, so loving yourself starts with that, accepting who you are, where you started, what it is, and I'm good enough for me, right? It doesn't That's matter right. where I started, right? Because once you start yep. doing that, like what other, other, the other things people say to you don't really matter. Like that's why, like for me, I always tell people, hey, I started as an immigrant dishwasher. Like that's what I am. I'm from a different country. My first job here was a dishwasher. And if I didn't embrace that, I couldn't become what I what I became the chairman of this nonprofit and CEO and 40 and all I, all the crazy stuff that people love I couldn't become that if I didn't embrace the fact that I'm an immigrant dishwasher right so that made right. me, that yeah. made me proud of what I am like and I and I and I promise you that's one of the things most people love um, best about me because I I know people look at me as inspiration like well if if this immigrant dishwasher could do it I could do it as this thing you know what I mean? So yep. like, yep. I, I love the fact that you, you, you say, listen, I started it as a, as a, in, in foster care and, and I, I had no business experience, but what I have is I got my work ethic. That's what I, that's what I can bet on. So that, that's a, that's a, that's an inspirational thing more than an offensive thing. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, Brian, no, yeah. my, my question to you, okay. You got the key, you know, you're ambitious, but, like, how do you know to approach? The, the, tell me about. Tell me about the first time you approached a business to put your vending machines in there. Like, what was that like? Uh, well, I went on YouTube and I kind of looked around on on uh, motivational speakers on different things on going into a business or starting a new job, walking into a shop, me selling a ration back in the day on a dairy farm, pulling into the farm and trying to sell them a ration to feed their cows, grain was 1.5 million, it's gonna cost them. I had to approach them, how? So I used kind of that to walk into a business and sit down with HR or, or uh, whoever was um, handling anything that was with related on vending or, or material going out of the business. And I kind of just talked, introduced myself. I uh, 
you know, said I'm a small time uh, business owner starting out with some vending machines that my father had. And it doesn't cost anything to put in your business. I had kind of a couple of brochures and um, it, it went. I had some people say you had a friendly face. I had some people say you were funny. I had some people say I took them to lunch. And I think it goes back to that feeling of going to, I went to 16 schools and 16 foster homes my whole life. And I think me walking into 16 homes being little, that feeling was the same feeling that I went and pulled in that farm to try to sell my ration to the same feeling of walking into a business and trying to sell my vending machine to go on your business. It was all that stomach feeling, that nerve that I said as a 10 year old boy to in my twenties until now in my forties that I can do it. Just walk in, smile. You're going to get rejected the same as I'm going to get in a foster home being little. They're not, might not like me. Same as the dairy farm's going to say, no, I've had the same nutritionist for 30 years. And I just kept plugging. And if they didn't want it, I said, excellent. I hope, uh, you know, you have a great day. A lot of people called me back. Um, and you know, I think it, it goes from my childhood to now on just slowly approaching someone and seeing it where it goes. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting complete chills as you, as you equate that to foster care. Um, and I never thought about that. I never thought about that as a skill because a lot of the kids we, we, we work with, we've been in a lot of homes and, and they always talk about that thing about not feeling like they belong. Right. Um, yeah. Action. And it's, it's, I didn't, that's, that's a pre-skill to a sales sales. Um, I can't even talk right now. I, I'm, and I'm never like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, it's that feeling in your gut that it just, it, it's a horrible feeling, but you can almost turn around to a good feeling. Positive. And, uh, yep. Yep. You can do it. Tell yourself you can do it. And if that person don't want you, you grab a cup of coffee and go to the next. So and one of the, one other, one of the things that, that we talk about, and I, I see Beth smiling. So Beth knows, she, I, I know, you know, I'm coming for you, Beth. So, so uh, we always talk about like how many no's would you be willing to go through to get the yeses? And like you're, you're armed with a superpower, Brian, in the sense that, You've been dealing with that so long that, and you still said you have this, the, the gut feeling and nervousness and whatnot, but you move on to the next one. Right. And then sometimes yep. people call you back, right. Cause you left a, a good impression. Tell me, tell me about, tell me about, tell, tell us a little bit more about that, about dealing with the rejection. Like how do you not take it personal? I don't hear the first three no's. So when they want to say, no, I'm not really interested right now, I kind of pick something in the room or pick something about the day. I might switch it to the weather. I might switch it to uh, how's this business running? Um, how's this factory running? Um, luckily, a couple of these, I think I have 130 machines in these plastic factories around uh, Rochester, Thermal Fisher, Nelgy, stuff like that. My dad was huge in plastic. So I kind of break it down on the first no we're not really interested and say they're making a mold of uh something i say i might you know my dad made some of this too. kind of get their mind off them just rejecting me and then i'll kind of wait a little bit and they'll hopefully they talk to me which most of them they do and then i'll go back in and say you know back to my vending machine it doesn't cost this company nothing for me to wheel it in plug the machine in if we sell you know three, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month, ten percent back to the company, you can go to the Christmas party, it can go to bonuses, it can go to safety. There's a lot of things you can use this ten to fifteen percent back, depending on how many machines go I put in here. If you take three of my machines, that's thirty percent of this profit that I'm gonna give back to you. And that right there when you start when you when when they hear thirty percent of a thousand bucks it times that by 12, right? There's your Christmas party. That doesn't come out of their budget as a business. Right. So that's, and that, that, sorry, go ahead. And that's my, and, I, and right there was only two no's. They gave me two no's and the third one, I got a yes. Right, 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 right. I, I love how you broke that down like that. Um, and I love, I love how you switched it to business talk, right? It went from being some guy hawking a product in the eyes of, you know, the decision maker to, 
to someone that's now an, a, an ally and an asset to the company because they know they have to have the Christmas party. They know they have to do these other things, but now it's not yep. coming from the company's bottom line. Your machine automatically goes from being a liability to them. Like this is another thing that we got to have in here to being an asset, something that's providing the, the company revenue. And that's a really smart approach. And I'm glad you said that too. I, I want everyone on the call to think of when they're getting rejected um, as far as on their sales calls, how are you doing your three no's? How, how, what's your, how are you pivoting as you're hearing no? Are you hearing no and then just walking out the door? Are you, are you then trying to build a relationship with them real quick, letting them know here's the value that we, we bring to you? I'm not just selling you something. I'm here to help your business grow because that's what business owners care about. Like even with um, the launch and standout agency, I, and I did a whole post about this. Like the reason the agency is growing is because of word of mouth marketing, right? I don't try to convince anybody. Like I get my clients' results. And, I, and you all know I treat you all very well. I, I don't care if someone's a $500 client or a $50,000 client. It's, it's the same approach because businesses are built on relationships. What Brian just said right there was even when, even when they tell him no, he automatically immediately goes into building the relationship letting, and then turning that relationship into, hey, I'm here to help you. Here's how I can help you with my machines versus Please take my machine. I need to have, I, my goal is to have a thousand machines and, and a thousand businesses. Please take my machine. Oh, good for you. I'm glad you got a goal, but that's what's in it for me. Cause that's what most that's right. people want. I switch it back to them. The money's going to go to them. And if they want to see some spreadsheets, I have them with me. I have a box truck pulled out in front. I have two, three machines in it. I drop them in, wheel them in, plug them in, load them, shake their hand. They're out the door. The only contract that company signs with me is if it's a damage in your facility, you're covered for the damage, which very rarely happens. So if it's damaged, they're covered. They covered. Yep. I've had a couple fights break out in some factories where the glass got broke. They cut me a check for two twenty. I have some on spare. I hook it all back up. They cut me a check for two twenty and I move forward. Smart. I've Smart. never had anybody give me a hard time. Awesome. So so this is great. So okay, so now how many machines are you at right now? You said 467 right now. Okay. So 467, how many no's did you have to go through to get those 467 placed? Uh, you know, I had about three months straight of no's at five days a week. So I bet you thousands and a lot of them that gave me no, um, I did end up getting their account down the road. I just think they've heard word of mouth that I was growing. Um, I did put some machines in other places where other machines were, and I did learn a lesson that you can't do that. And I had to, uh, you know, anything that I made, I had to get back to the guy because they do sign a contract for a year or two. But I bet you, I bet you uh, between a six month period, I bet you 1500 knows. Wow. Six months. 1500 no's show of hands yeah. who's willing to do that like be honest i am i'll I keep going three hands, up. <laughs> three hands up think but but you you guys by raising your hands you're committing to some serious work because this is how you succeed it's not by luck it's not by chance it's a, it's a it's a conversion thing how many no's you said brian 1,500 in probably six months. So 1,500 no's, and then how many How many yeses did that turn into? Uh, well, right now, 467. Think about that. Someone do the math on Four that. Four years that, it took. What's that conversion rate? Let me hold on one second, because I'm, I'm a numbers guy too. So let me just put punch that in my calculator. So 400 and what? 467. 467, and you said about 1,500 no's? Yep. So that's a 31.13% conversion rate. Yeah. So I like to have it 50, to be honest. <laughs> see? But that's how it works. It becomes a formula. Yep. I heard a no this morning. Another factory uh, I pulled in, and I'm actually next to them. 
and said that I have 16 vending machines next door to you. I didn't know if you would like me to, you know, take on your your uh, company with our vending machines. Um, you know, 16 vending machines, that's 160% going back to you. And uh, they said, no, we're not interested right now. I tried to do some small talk. The guy, I think, was was uh, busy. And, you know, I didn't let it get frustrated because I thought I had this locked up pulling out. But I thought, you know, I'll wait another week because it is the first day back from Thanksgiving. A lot of factories are firing up. They're behind in quota. People didn't show. You know, so I thought, not going to let it get me down. They don't have any vending machines there. I do know some of the workers that want vending machines. I said, I'll wait till next week and I'll, and I'll approach them again. And what I'm going to do is just wear, I'm going to pull in with a different vehicle. I'm going to wear a different suit or a different outfit and kind of bring in with coffee and donuts and start and just totally start over my process. See that. I, I love that on so many levels because you know, you're not hearing no, you're hearing not right now. Um, and, and automatically your brain goes into, well, how can I approach them different? And, and you already, you planned the strategy out. And that's, that's, I think that's great. So if you, if you were, were just starting this business brand new, what would you say to someone, a, a young Brian that has 50 machines uh, looking to get started. Like, what would you say? What would be the first? Use it as a, use it as a hobby. Okay. Why is that? Less stress, less stress on you. Use it as second income. Use it as a vacation for your children. Lose it as a, you want to redo a bedroom for your, for your kids. I have two daughters, one in uh, UB, got an academic scholarship. I got a daughter that in Nebraska, that got a basketball scholarship. And when they were little, I mowed lawns. I worked at the salt mine. And then I mowed lawns and that extra money was hobby money. It was Applebee's going out to dinner with my family was huge back then. That was exciting. My daughter used to say, dad, this place is fancy. She was seven years old. So anybody right now, 50 machines, 10 machines, I would say, use it as a hobby. Get that used vehicle you want. Get that used truck you want. Buy a new vehicle. Take your wife somewhere. And then, what, look at the end of the year, what you have. The disposable income is what we all run into as lot. Is what do we spend exactly on disposable income? That's something I've learned in the four years. I met a guy that has 3,000 machines from Syracuse to Buffalo, and he wow. says, stop spending your money. You're, you do not need to drive this. You do not need to own this. So right now is less stress, 50 machines, 10 machines, 20 machines. Use it as a hobby. Smile and go to work every day. You got an extra income. That's awesome. That's great advice. Yeah, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep, and more importantly, how much you keep making you more. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm going to open it up to questions in, this, in a second. So I just want to, I want to talk a little, little bit about, about you and reinvesting into your business, because obviously you had to do that and, and bought more machines. Like, how do you know when it's time to buy um, more machines? Uh, I have in the beginning we didn't um, be honest with you. It took about 150 machines until we got an accountant, and that's something that I didn't know. Um, I didn't understand. Um, <clears throat> my wife kind of took over that, and then we had an accountant. Um, basically, what I do is I take I take the price on say what for instance 100 machines is right around brand new 100 machines is right around 212,000 for a hundred machines. If I had half of that to finance them or uh, uh, 30% of that left over in a six to eight month period, I knew that my wife or I or the accountant, I would ask them and say, you know, I got this business. I want to put 30, 40 machines in her, you know, can I do this? And he would say, you're allowed to spend this much on this is the profit that you make. So right now we average $17 a day per machine average. So it's around 8,000 a day. So it takes 46 to 5,800 to fill these machines. So if I keep saving this and right now, obviously I have a, a with the bank, I have a line of credit mm-hmm. and I use that to fill my machines and I use that to grow. So at the same time, I'm looking for, 
30 to 40% profit and okay, I can buy 20 more. Now I kind of go back in some debt and then I rebuild back up, go back in some debt, rebuild back up. And my line of credit just goes from normal to low to normal to low. <clears throat> Perfect. Makes sense. Simple business, right? So, yeah. So Beth has a question. Beth, I'm a, let me, you want to ask it yourself? I'll, I'll mute you so you could ask it. Go, go, go ahead, Beth. Let's try it again. Maybe you Here, might... I can unmute it. There you go. There there you go. go. Hey, Ryan. Can hey, you how me? you doing? Good, yep. good, good. Thank you for sharing your um, journey. This has been really, <laughs> Mike's going to come after me hard after this call, and that's good. <laughs> but um, I have a question for you. Um, you mentioned that it took you four years to get to the 400 plus machines in businesses and then you were yep. doing a you know you did the three month five day a week sales push did you do that starting out or was that when your business did you start that um it was right around about 150 machines i just in the last eight months uh left my job i was operations manager for waste management uh -huh. and i just in the last eight months i couldn't do both jobs one i was i was uh i wasn't coming prepared to my job that uh, I loved. And two, I was falling behind in our business. So at right around 150 machines, I had to um, think of one, I can't run on the weekends to do my business sales. And two, I get up at three in the morning and did, uh, you know, work uh, my normal job. When can I did this? So a lot of times what I would do is, and it, it, it sounds bad that I did this, but I use vacation and personal time to actually run business on my days to run to businesses to see if I can get more vending machines. And I kind of broke that down into one and two days extra a month. So if we had the weekend off, I would leave a half day on Thursday. So Thursday and Friday and Saturday, I would do my business runs. Sunday would be inventory and then start Monday all over with my job. Wow. Did you see a significant increase then right away after that kind of sales push? Um, on paper with money, no, um, I didn't. Um, what we, what I did, what I did is these machines hold average of 250 to 400 pieces of product. Okay. And what I was doing is filling every machine that I had full and I don't do that no more. That right there was taking more money than what actually what I was making. So if I had a great week and then I would just take the money that I made and fill all my machines back up and then have this little. Now what I kind of do is I only fill the machines to 150 products. So 150 candy bars, you know, 150 drinks in the machine, which is still right now 70,000 uh, uh, products per, per actually almost a little over a month. <clears throat> if that helps you. Yeah. So do you so have I, it was a learning staff curve. now? Do you have other... Is it just you still? Yep. Well, I have, my wife is involved with me and then we do have a doctor that my wife, my wife is a health administration in, in the hospital down here in Rochester. She's 23 years. She has a friend that's do, a, a radiologist that we were 300 machines and we landed the hospital account and the doctor there, we could not, I could not pull any more from the bank and I didn't want to lose this account. Um, she actually stepped in and helped. So in a way she is, you know, 20% right now um, to help us. And, you know, we just sat down and showed her everything and what we're doing. And obviously I feel in my heart, the lady probably is smarter than me. She corrected some of my routes to save me gas money. And um, that's what hurts us a lot is running back and forth and filling is our gas is, uh, you know, ridiculous, but she actually broke down a little bit and saved us some routes um, you're supposed to touch a vending machine every 36 hours. That's the goal. So is she actually helped us there? So yeah, I have had help. We do have an investor. I had a, a friend today on Facebook actually correct me when I said that I bought a new van for our business said, you're not the sole owner. Okay. I'm sorry. I have an investor that helps us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, there's always someone that's going to take that jab, but yeah, I've, I've, um, I've, in, these, in this last time, I've, I have had help, yeah. 
Well, thank you <clears throat> for sharing. Sure. Thank you. Anyone else have any questions for Brian? If you do, you could just uh, unmute yourself. I might, I'm gonna, I'm gonna unmute Justin. Cause I, Justin, you unmuted. I don't know if you wanted to say anything. I know you and Brian go way back. Well, first off, <clears throat> I, I don't think Brian mentioned that he, that he also goes and still feeds and works on the dairy farm twice twice a week two days a week i do yeah, yeah. yeah on top of everything that he just discussed i try to stumble i think that's uh feeding cows two days a week while i do have two daughters in um college and it comes back to not to interrupt you justin or, or, or talk but it comes back to before use it as a hobby i'm using them two days of work now as a hobby that right there is my date money for my wife uh, fuel from one of my houses. My daughter needs a book. It doesn't touch my wife's income or the business's income. I pull from the two days of work I work with the farm, which is an extra six to eight hundred a month that I just keep for that. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, and and out in New York, you, you guys are having a snowstorm just like we are in Massachusetts. So I saw that you had a, a the 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 post this morning with the picture of of your truck. And uh, just yeah. because it didn't have snow on it, somebody didn't believe that Brian was really out there hustling. I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of frustrated. I did hit him with kindness. He sent some messages to me. And, uh, you know, that spent, that spins back to earlier when we were talking, almost proving somebody. You know, my wife says, you don't need to prove no more. If someone doesn't believe you, don't believe me. But that's just not who I am because going back to foster care, no one wanted to believe me. So, you know what, if you're going to call me, not believe me, come with me. And if you want extra income, you want a part-time job, come and I'll help you and we'll, and we'll move forward. I call it living the dream one deposit at a time. That's it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's so funny that that's why I think that's why that's why I think like having a mastermind group like this is, is important where you surround yourself with like minds, right? Because the majority of people don't believe you. And it's not that they don't believe you, is that they don't believe in themselves. Right. So they have to they have to project that negativity onto someone attempting something or someone doing something and being around people that are doing things too. it just it just helps you infuse your positivity. Like we had we had someone on uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that's having a great month. Like she did almost two hundred thousand in sales. Um, oh, wow. And yeah. And I and, and she was I was saying to her, listen, post this stuff in the hundred grand planners group. And she's like, oh, I don't want, I said, like, no, the people in there, they want to see that. First of all, your motivation of what's possible. Second of all, you wanted a thought leader, so they want to see you winning. Third of all, like, we're here for all of that. Like, this what we want that, right? So, like, having a group of yeah. people that, that, that get it and understand, because, like, people doing the work understand it, and they love seeing other people win. Like, I, I, had, I was talking with one of my mentees today about, like, how I, how I always get connected with, like one of my mentors was, was Mike Carriage. He's the guy that founded the Yankee Candle Company. He passed away in July, right? And someone was like, well, how do mm -hmm. you, you get a multimillionaire like that to talk to you? And I said, it's simple because truly successful people want to help. And when they see someone else willing to do the work, they almost always will help them out somehow. Now, they don't want you to take all their time, but that's just right. what it is. Like, be willing to do the work and, and be, surround yourself with people that get it, man. Like, it, it's, there's not enough time to, 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 to comment on everybody that don't get it. Um, yeah, it it kind of sent me back. I have respect for the guy, too, this morning. And uh, he's a great coach for a school here. Great family. And uh, I don't know. I don't know why he uh, did that. He ended up apologizing to me in private message. And I did send him you know, uh, 100 grand planners and uh, launch for insiders there. And uh, he said, no, I'm not interested. I said, well, then, you know, if you're not interested and don't want to tour, then please don't judge me. Right. It is that's that's what I'm saying. It's, it's weird. It's weird because it's like a, it's, he probably, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He probably didn't even mean anything by it, but by default, the response is, aha, I got you versus like when I saw the post, I didn't even, I was like, okay, yeah, he, he, even if you, even if you posted a picture from six, 
six months ago. The message is the right. important part. The, here's what I'm doing. That's, the, the picture doesn't matter. Right? It's like. <laughs> yeah. It, it was Friday. I was actually filling our van up. They have it ready for Monday. And he, you know, and then I even said on my post, you have a positive day, have a great day and have a positive day. I mean, we all want positivity. We struggle every day. If, don't, if I don't feel positive, I just take a nap. If, I'm, if I can, I take an hour nap and I, and I regroup and I go, I'll go back. So I was caught up. And my wife actually stepped up for me a little bit. And, um, you know, she, she said earlier, she said, don't, you know, don't let it knock you down. But, um, you know, she called him. He doesn't want to tour the warehouse. He doesn't want to ride on one of my routes. So what can you do? You know, I don't know. Maybe I sent him a Christmas card with, uh, you know, a gift card and, and uh, tell him to have a good day, you know. Send him a Snickers, man. He's hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, all his toys right now are the key seller. I'm selling about 4000 a month. Wow. 4000 yeah, a month. That's great. Anyone else have any questions or anything they want to say to Brian? We being all shy today. Yeah, right, I did. There you go. Um, this Lamont. Uh, when when did you switch to uh, from like the old? I'm pretty sure when he gave you the the vending machines, um, they were older. So when did you make the transition to the newer vending machines? Uh, to keep up with the technology was like that a hard grab do you still get older vendor machines like how does that work uh i, I still do have the 40 my dad gave me i'm, I'm never going to sell them um but we are we are getting away from the twist of vending machines um that's a huge loss second someone loses it believe it or not a dollar 50 in vending machine they will not come back so we are switching over to the motorized ones it was probably right around um right around the, when the bank allowed me to take a business loan out is when I started buying the new. So right around my second year into the business. So if somebody was to hear this and get interested in vending machines, they shouldn't look towards the older ones. They should look towards the newer ones. Is there a distinct difference? Yep. The, the newer ones run on a motor size, motor arm. So that arm comes over, grabs the product and brings it over and sets it down, even from glass to candy bar to um, uh, soda to iced tea to anything. The twist eyes are fine. The, the, our normal vending machines, you pull in, press C7 and the thing turns and drops your product. That's fine. But you have to watch your weight on the machine because that's a lot of times why. And then you have to Every time you fill the machine in the back, you have to tighten up all the springs, and that's what you run into the problem with. It ends up slipping, and that's why it doesn't push your candy bar out. Mm, okay, so it's just a lot of downtime. So I try to keep certain accounts I try to keep on time-wise to see if we can get – we have eight routes. So if you got to pull all these machines apart and, t and do maintenance on every single one of them, I'm losing time on continuing on filling my machines. That's why I stepped away from them. <clears throat> was your first route local or did it, was it like, like did it, was it supported in where you lived or was it more like something out in surrounding towns? Believe it or not, I, I have a 46 mile radius circle that I'm running my machines in. We haven't broke away from that yet. Um, I have an area, Justin knows, um, Mount Morris, there's a couple locations. Right now, it's just not feasible to me to put three or four of any machines 100 miles away from where we're loading. Um, one, I can't, it's just going to kill me to go there and, and put a, you know, a $2,000 machine there when it's only going to make me eight bucks. Um, so right now, I try to keep that circle. And if I do kind of stand out of it, I only want to move 10, 10 miles at a time. So 46 to 56 to 66 to 76 is my, is my goal. Oh, yeah. So basically all local. It ain't too bad. That's, that's awesome. Um, thank you uh, for me as far. I don't know if India has a question, but thank you for your time. Um, very interesting. Thank you. Hi, Brian. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Uh, I just want to say I like your posts. I follow you. You're awesome. Um, I think that... Is, this, is, this, is your last name Russell? Yeah, we're family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watch you on Facebook, too. Yeah, I like all the stuff you're doing. Thank you. 
Um, I think that I really enjoyed when you said that you put on a brand new pair of socks every day. That's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just got invited over. I got invited over so many nice houses growing up in foster care, and I never wanted to go play because my socks were always dirty. So I always told myself, now I want I want nice socks, and I I'm gold toe socks. I don't know if anybody's ever tried the gold toe socks, but they're the best. Those are good. Yeah, it's the small things. I think that's awesome. You should you should definitely have new underwear, socks, and. You know, everyone likes that. So I, I thought that that was like amazing thing. Small yeah, I love it. Everyone should work towards. Um, I did have a question. When you started, was it just you? And um, now that you've been doing it for four years, how many people do you have on your team helping you? And how long did it take for you to acquire a little team to get your uh, system in order? Um, it was just me and my wife when we first started. And... Um, we kind of went in some tough areas in Rochester where I only ran them routes. I didn't let my wife run the routes. And then um, we always, I had a guy that was a, a Rochester police department part-time and he helped out almost the whole time till just probably last month. So there was two guys there starting plus my wife. So three, he ended up taking a job overseas as security forces. And then I was at waste management, had to leave waste management eight months ago and go full-time with Russell Vending, which was very hard. I left an $80,000 salary. Um, I was scared, nervous. And um, now I have, uh, I have a part-time guy that helps in the weekends, and then I have a full-time guy that helps me run um, my routes throughout, you know, throughout the, the week, which we try to do Monday through Thursday, Friday, a shutdown period, check the vehicles, check the oil, and then uh, – have Friday, have Saturday and Sunday off, and then Sunday I go in do inventory. Monday I order all my stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I I like what you said earlier too about knowing when it was time to to switch from from um, your job to your business. I think a lot of people need to understand that too, and that, that it's, it's okay to work. It's okay to have a job. It's okay to work for yourself while having a job and then using logic and using numbers and metrics to figure out uh, when it's time to move, when it's time to make that switch. I am glad you said that too. Um, Beth has a couple more questions for you. Go, Beth, you could unmute yourself and, and ask Brian. I was just typing in there so I didn't forget. <laughs> Um, yeah, quick question, couple questions. Um, so did you do all of your sales calls in person or did you do any email or phone calls first? What was your process? I, I do all in person still today. Yep. I do, um, email now, like, um, you know, some of the companies that do want their 10 to 20% back as an email. And then, uh, uh, my wife or an accountant does handle that on um, who gets what, but, I still pull in face to face still today. I, I think that's huge. Um, I'm not saying that our goal is 500. We're going to stay at this number for for a while. Um, we, we went from 250 to 500 real quick, and it, it it's it's nerve wracking, um, but exciting. But I still pull into factories and and walk in. And uh, I think that's so huge. I think so many emails. Anything. You just you just show up. Yep, I just show up, walk in. Okay. Yep. All right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, Beth, Beth has like a, a seven-figure business idea. And uh, this is this calls, I'm sure it's good for everyone else, but it's really good for Beth because what you do is what I've been trying to get her to do for the past year. And, I, I, and it's... I, I love that you, you're sharing it in a way to, to let everyone, even the people listening on Facebook, know that, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a scary thing. You, you've had success, yeah. it's still nerve-wracking, you know, but you just do it, right? Because the worst yep. that they can say is no, and no one's really telling you no. They're saying, not right now. Uh, I'm not interested at the just moment. I have to worry about – yeah go, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, where does your daughter play basketball? Uh, she plays for York College in Nebraska. It's a Christian college. Yeah, yeah, I know York. Yep. I played basketball in yep, college, she, so that's what I was asking. Yep, yep. her name's Alina. She's number three, and 
I share some links on my Facebook. People can follow me on Facebook, Brian Russell, and I share some links. She's doing real good. We had to step back. She did blow her knee out for the second time right now, so she will have surgery. Um, her mom lives in San Antonio, um, so she'll go to San Antonio and have the surgery. But she chose um, growing up. You know, I didn't let the kids say, oh, my God. I let them, told them to say, oh, my gosh. God was part of our our life growing up. We didn't go to church. But she actually chose this Christian college herself, which is, I think, very exciting, too. That's awesome. What position does she play? Just curious. Uh, she point guard. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. Very good. Yep. She sends me, uh, she, she spends, she's a sophomore. Cool. Yep. And then my daughter in UB just got into medical school for University of Buffalo. Oh, wow. Well, congrats. Yep. Awesome. And they want, yeah, they, they want nothing to do with the vending business, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> they, she will work on summer to pay her car payment. I will say that. That's good. They'll come around. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> when you got 10,000 machines, is a big, is this like a, 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 a national empire and they'll take it over. <laughs> I, you know, I, I hope, uh, I hope one of them shows some, something they do like it. And, you know, when they go with me, they say, this is fun, you know, and they, you know, they have, it's nice having uh, my daughter that's 21 and 119 say, dad, we're proud of you. I think that's huge. Wow. Taking this on in my forties, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. My, my kids are 12 and 13. I hope, I hope they'll be saying that in a few years. Right now, they call me old head and beat me in video games. <laughs> uh, uh, Brandon, you know, I, I used to. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go on. Uh, no, I used, I used to worry about how many vacation days I had when I had my job. Now I worry about downtime on, on holidays on factories where I, that, that is kind of catch up for me. But, yeah, go ahead. Now, we got Brandon. Brandon has a question. Let me unmute him. Go ahead, Brandon. I just wanted to say thank you for your time and uh, thanks for answering a lot of questions I had because all my questions were answered already through your, okay. just your conversation and I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it means a lot. Oh, thanks. It means more that you took the time out of your day to do this, you know? No, oh, it's a very exciting for me and um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to, um, you know, be invited through Justin and, and Mike and everybody. It's a, it's a very, feel very appreciative. Awesome. Anyone, anyone else have any other, any questions before we, we wrap it up? Chantel, Jessica, I know CJ's at work. CJ normally types in. The yeah, no question. No questions really. Like, but that was a, well, actually, no, I do actually have one question. Did you make the connection that reintroducing yourself consistently as a kid was like, did you make that connection before you started your business or after the business? You mean as uh, how I kind of put it as that feeling of foster kid? Yeah. Like, did you make that before you started? Did you say like, oh, I got this because I used to do it all the time? Or was it like, oh, it's really similar? You know, I, I, uh, it didn't click till, till a little bit because of going from house to house of foster care, I always had a gut feeling. And then when I started selling my ration uh, through a company, but pulling into farm, I had that same gut feeling. And then one day, uh, probably a year ago, just walking into a, a, a good sized place with a whole bunch of suit and ties, there, ready to talk to me about putting 30 machines into their business. I felt that gut feeling and I kind of went to the bathroom and put water in my face and I thought, man, I felt this before when I was 10 and no one wanted to play with me in the playground, you know, no one wanted to talk to me and I thought I can do this and I ended up locking it up. So I don't think it was right in the beginning, but I think down the road, I said, that's that same butterfly nervous feeling that I felt going to a different school or a different home. Yeah. Mm, got it. It's amazing. Now I use it as fuel. Yeah, that's awesome. Became a weapon. It, it does. And, it, you know, you're going to run into rude people. You're going to run into people that say no. And you're, and you're going to run into some great, awesome, I made so many wonderful friends doing this. But 
I just don't hear the first three no's, and it's just not now. Is it no permanent? I'll wait, and I'll go back. Awesome. That's great. Try the donuts and coffee. It works. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Walk, <laughs> walk in with donuts and coffees, people. That's how you get the deals done. Hey, <laughs> hey you know. You all know. It will work for me. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, si- I'm 6'3", 280, so... I think if someone walks in with donuts and coffee, I'll let them talk for a little bit while I pour myself a cup. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, a foster kid with a dream, and I'm living the life with one deposit at a time, and I just stay focused. My wife does truly help. She is uh, the the sun rises and sets with her next to me, and if I didn't have her, I I, I truthfully uh, don't think that I would have grown this business as we have. Not saying that I couldn't do it, I just wouldn't have grown. Makes sense. What's up, Lamont? Lamont's got a question, I think. Yeah, real quick. Um, I don't know if I missed you saying that, but um, what's a good price point for the machine? Like, how much do the machines cost? You can find a lot of really nice ones around fifteen hundred bucks to thousand. Some of the some of the uh, gold machines that I have run about forty five hundred, but they give you a three year uh, pay plan, so it's only like sixty some bucks a month. It isn't bad at all. But you look around. Around fifteen hundred to two grand, you can find some really nice machines. Still have a warranty. Okay. And you can find me on Facebook, and I and I can send you um, some names, and machines, if anybody's looking. The, the machines to stay away from, and machines that are that are solid. Yeah, it's like it's like New Balance sneakers to Nike sneakers. They're all gonna be good, but I'll show you what's, what's the best, which I learned. Brian, what I what I'll do is I'll um because you're in the hundred grand planners group. If you could post yep. that in the group, then everyone could see it. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be excellent. Perfect. I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that. Oh. What are you saying? Go ahead, Justin. Sorry, I, 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 mute, I muted everybody back. Oh, India has something to say too. All right, sorry. Go on, well, India. India. Well, I just thought about that with the with the machines. So, do you need to have a connection with the distributors in order to be able to fill them, or what is that process? Uh, I didn't use the shirt to about 150 machines. Uh, it took a lot of um, Saturday and Sundays doing the Costco or BJ's stands. I will say that no one will buy off-brand things. That's something I learned in the beginning that I didn't touch on. When I put the 40 machines on, I put non-brand candy bars, non-brand soda, to think that I could get more profit back, and it didn't work. People want Mountain Dew. They want Pepsi. They want Honey Bucks. They want Snickers. Don't try to send non-brand non-brand things. People won't buy them. That's a good that that right there is a good lesson right there. <laughs> it was a, it was a huge lesson. I you know I lost about twenty five hundred bucks in three months, and I ran into a guy with a vending machine, and he said, "What's your top top?" And I said, "Doctor, whatever you know, whatever the fake Doctor Pepper is." And he said, "Your problem right there. No one's gonna buy brand things." And I said, "Okay," and I switched everything, and our sales went. But I'm tremendous. That's great. Justin, what you got, brother? No, I just want to say thanks for getting on the phone call this week. And uh, I'm proud of you, Brian. I know the, the community that matters out in out in New York, uh, I know they're proud of you, too. You know I've been checking you out for a while. Um, and, and sell that hot dog cart because you're not getting into the vending game when I'm around. <laughs> I do have a so beautiful. You use it uh, as a charity piece. Yes, I I, I am going to take my hot dog stand and try to give it to um, the Open Door Mission, and I think it'd be I think it'd be awesome to take the hot dog machine and use it for Open Door Mission for the homeless to I donate and they work and sell and kind of get back on their feet. Something I'm trying to do going into the spring of 220. That's great, man. You, 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 the kind of guy that I, I love seeing win for so many reasons, man. I believe entrepreneurship was was made for people like you. Like this is this it's it's how it's supposed to work. I I, I want to commend you on all your success. Uh, I want to thank you for being on here. Um, I, I'm like I'm not easily silenced, man. I'm a, I talk a lot, you know, and like I'm just like. Because my life work lines up like I want to help create more people like you. I want to be a part of success stories like what you what you did. So like you, you speaking today helped me realize just as a foster parent, like 
the, the, the success skills that I teach kids that they don't even understand we're teaching them. Like it, it, it makes me feel proud to do the kind of work that I do the way I do it. Cause I believe in empowering people and everybody can be great if they understand, you know, what, what their skill set is and how, how to, everyone's got something that entrepreneurship and success. And it's not limited to a select few. It's for everybody that loves themselves, believe in themselves and invest in themselves. And, I, I genuinely want to thank you, man, for everything that, for, like I said, on a personal level and on a professional level um, for what you shared today. Um, I, I thank you so much. It means a lot to me. You're welcome. Trusting so, you too, man. It means a lot. So Anytime. Anytime. Uh, time. <laughs> Time is the most valuable commodity. I want to thank everyone for being on you. Everyone that watched on Facebook. So I, I could, I tried to get to the questions. It's tough. That's why you got to be a hundred grand planner. So you could ask your questions yourself. Um, if you want to be a hundred grand planner, just go to hundredgrandplan.com um, and, and get started. Sign up. You get access to the mastermind calls. You get access to the, uh, the, um, the, 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 replays all of these calls you have like 65 of them in there 65 different entrepreneurs and some trainings that i've done you got access to the community people that just love on you man we all putting in the work so no one's jealous of anybody else we all got different types of businesses and the work is the work so that's it um, uh, we welcome you to be a part of the community um with, with that i'm gonna wrap it up i'm gonna stop the live stream I'll, I'll be on for a little bit after I know I wanted to talk to more people, so I'm going to be on, but I'm going to stop the live stream and stop the recording. Uh, once again, time is the most valuable commodity. Thank you, everyone. Peace. And I'm going to get back to uh, delivering some uh